Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. A happy Blue Friday, Seahawks fans. The first one of the 2020 NFL season. As the season officially kicked off with Thursday night football last night, the defending Super Bowl champions came away with a 34-20 win over the Houston Texans, and it really wasn't even that close. Houston was first on the board, though, in the first quarter. Chiefs rallied to score 31 points after that. And then the Texans, they, they made a game of it in the fourth quarter by adding 13 more points, but it was really too late. Anthony Knockreiner had me on his show, The Knock on Sports, as the game was kicking off on Thursday, and I previewed the Seahawks matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. We went through our week one picks as well, so stay tuned for that. Before we get there, quick look at the injury report before going into the final day of practice this week on Friday. Not too much to be concerned about or alerted by on the injury report this week. Philip Dorsett was a limited participant in practice on both Wednesday and Thursday with a foot injury. That foot injury he suffered after one of the mock games. Cedric Boyhe, another one of those players limited in practice. He has a strained pectoral muscle. Dwayne Brown, probably the biggest name on the injury report for the Seahawks. The left tackle was limited on Wednesday with a knee issue that really he's been dealing with the entire last season. Remember, he had a torn pectoral muscle, I believe, and he was on the injury report almost every week with that knee injury. So it's something that Dwayne Brown is just, I think, dealing with as a veteran player in the NFL. He did not participate on Thursday, so looking like they may have given him a rest day for practice on Thursday. Jamarco Jones was also listed as a limited participant in practice with an illness. And Disley down for Thursday as well. He's recovering from his Achilles injury from last season. So it sounds like that is not an issue to worry about, just that they needed to limit him from practice. And when you do that, he goes on the limited participation box. The Atlanta Falcons had four players sitting out of practice on Thursday. Kendall Sheffield, their corner, Charles Harris, defensive end, Marlon Davidson, defensive tackle, and center Alex Mack. The issue with Mac is not injury-related, just giving him a rest day as a veteran. Definitely some concern from Atlanta Falcons fans as rookie cornerback expected to start. A.J. Terrell was listed with a hamstring injury and limited in practice on Thursday, so that's going to be a name to watch on Friday if he moves back into full participation or if he has something a little more serious. The only other name of note here is defensive end Dante Fowler. He's down for an ankle injury, but he was listed as a full participant in practice both on Wednesday and Thursday. So that's a look at the injury report going into Friday. Be sure and check out fieldgoals.com. We will have the updates going into the game week one against the Falcons. Also up this morning, an article from Alistair Corp. The Seahawks defense can make a statement in week one is the headline. It's his know your enemy look at the Falcons. So get a chance to get to know some of the players on the Falcons, what to expect going into this game, ways that Alistair sees that the Falcons can be exploited in this game by the Seahawks. So check that out. Fieldgoals.com. Subscribe to this podcast, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. And if you're looking for more to listen to on Friday, going into the weekend, we've got a new episode of the Seahawkers podcast this week, seahawkerspodcast.com slash subscribe. And with all that said, here is my chat with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. Welcome back here to the Knock on Sports as we turn our attention to the NFL as the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans already kicking things off. We're 11 minutes and 47 seconds left in the first quarter. No score. Kansas City with the football right now. 
But joining me right now to talk NFL Week 1 and talk about the Seattle Seahawks, good friend of the show, Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, great to chat with you once again, man. Hope you're doing well. Anthony, I am doing well, man. I am watching live football right now as I'm talking to you. This is, uh, I I wasn't sure if we were going to get here, but we made it. Yeah, we definitely did. And it's been kind of weird because usually I have talked to you a couple of weeks now ahead of time. But no preseason games. First time we're chatting about the NFL. You're absolutely. I'm just excited. We have NFL Week One action. I'm ready to rock and roll. I, I'm ready too. This is uh, this is going to be a fun weekend. But let me get your thoughts though, Brandon. No, no NFL preseason. We've talked about this before. You know, maybe shortening the preseason, all that stuff. What do you think about it now that we've gone through an NFL season with no preseason? I feel like I'm going to get have a better answer for this after we watch this first slate of games on Sunday and, and tonight on Thursday, because if football looks really sloppy week one, and generally it, it tends to anyway, but if it, if it looks worse than we remember it being in week one, then I think people are going to stop and say, well, maybe there is something to play in one or two preseason games. I know it's difficult at least uh, trying to decide, you know, which ones, which of our favorite fringe players we want to make the roster. We did miss out on that, but uh, it it does make me wonder how, uh, just based on, on how sloppy it is, how, how much we're going to like the idea of having preseason or not. Brandon, let's just start here. The Seattle Seahawks, some changes. You guys made some headlines. Trading for Jamal Adams here, adding him to the secondary. You don't get Genevion Clowney. I know that was something we talked about during the spring and leading up to the draft. Obviously, the Titans have him now. How are you feeling about the defense right now, about the Seahawks? The defensive unit as a whole, I'm feeling pretty good about. It's the line that I'm most worried about. But you look at the linebackers with Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright coming back. They bring back Bruce Irvin, so that's a solid group. You look at the secondary with the addition of Jamal Adams and Quentin Dunbar, who they traded for with Washington. I think that's going to be a really talented group with Quandre Diggs coming back, the the midseason acquisition last year. But that defensive line, Anthony, that's it's going to be rough. And it kind of makes you wonder if they can hold up enough on the back end that they can get some pressure, at least with those guys up front. I was going to say, it seems to just go, it had to happen this way, Brandon. I mean, we're, you were always talking about the Seahawks offensive line. Now it's only right to worry about the Seahawks defensive <laughs> line at this point. I'm worried uh, about both I, <laughs> now. So even still with the, the moves that they made. Is there one guy that you have to, that you feel like, okay, hey, we're going to see a positive step. Hey, LJ Collier. Is there somebody you feel a little bit more comfortable with, at least on the defensive line that you think, all right, he looks promising. We just have to wait and see. I think Rasheem Green would be the one guy for me with the Seahawks that he's had two years under his belt now. He's kind of been that the one who has showed the most promise. I think last year he well he led the team in sacks, even though it was you know three and a half or four by different counts, uh, which isn't a lot. I mean, you look at the amount of sacks that Jamal Adams had from the safety spot, and he would have led the team <laughs> based on his production that he had with the Jets last year. So there are ways that they can continue to get pressure and, and, and register sacks. I just, I don't know if you're going to have that guy with 10. And, and while Rasheem Green might be the guy on outside, I think you have to look toward the inside of the line too at a guy like Jaron Reed, who two seasons ago when he was paired with Frank Clark, he racked up double digit sacks. You know, can he get that production again from the inside without having a top guy like he had with Frank Clark paired with just a couple of years ago. 
Right now we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers in Field Goals podcast as we are getting ready for week one of the NFL and we were talking about the Seattle Seahawks as they get ready for the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, Brandon, let me get your thoughts on the running back situation. Carson seems healthy. Penny, we don't know about at this point. At least I don't, I should say. Uh, how are you feeling about the offensive weapons around Russell Wilson right now? There are a lot of weapons around Russell Wilson, and that's one of the things I'm most excited about going into this season. Yes, Rashad Penny is going to take a, a few weeks, it sounds like, before he's healthy coming off an ACL injury. But they brought in Carlos Hyde from the Texans last year, who was a thousand yard rusher with the Texans. So having him behind uh, Chris Carson, that, that's going to be that, I mean, that's a nice one two punch as it is right now. And then if you add Penny into that mix, they Drafted a guy, DJ Dallas, out of the University of Miami, who was getting rave reviews throughout the preseason. So the amount of depth that they have there, and it's a good thing that they have that because they've gone through that depth in past seasons. And so I like the depth at running back. I like the wide receiver group. They added Greg Olson at tight end. So they, they've made some upgrades on the offense to what was already the best offensive unit in the NFC West last year. So they're they're building upon that. And then plus, you know, Russell Wilson is the top quarterback in the NFC as well. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tom Brady's <laughs> in the NFC now, Brandon. Come on. I, we're not talking <laughs> like all-time historical. I mean, who would you take right now? <laughs> fair point, fair point. Uh, and, and speaking of that, Brandon, Russell Wilson is topping a lot of people's uh, a contender list for the MVP this season. I mean, he was right there in the conversation last year with Lamar Jackson, but then Lamar Jackson kind of just pulled away. Uh, and I, I definitely think Russell Wilson could be in that contention uh, once again. Uh, but do you think he'll have better pocket protection? Do you think, or are we going to see him on the run kind of like what we saw last year? I think it's going to be similar to last year because really they haven't done much upgrading. I feel like it's kind of been across the board, very similar because bringing back Dwayne Brown and Mikey Potty on the left side of the line. I think Ethan Postick has the potential to be an upgrade at center uh, because Joey Hunt was the backup center who, who came in after Justin Britt got injured last season. And so I think Postick has the ability to be an upgrade there. And then on the right side, they have a rookie at right guard who they picked up in the third round at LSU, Damian Lewis. He could be he could be as good as DJ Fluker because Fluker wasn't great, but he was a solid player. And so I think Lewis can be that. And then you have Brandon Shell who replacing Jermaine Effetti. I, I don't think you can get worse at that position. Uh, so I, I think Shell, uh, based on his history of of not committing as many penalties as Jermaine Effetti, will eventually be an upgrade there too. Brandon, let's talk about this game against the Atlanta Falcons here. I feel like Atlanta, kind of a wild card defensively. We know we're going to get from them offensively. I'm not in exactly too enthusiastic about Todd Gurley going to the Falcons. I think they may still struggle against uh, the Seahawks here. But um, defensively for the Falcons, I'm not sure what they're going to bring if they're actually going to have any kind of pass rush this year. So what do you think about this matchup with the Falcons to this point? I'm a little bit worried about that. You know, I, I mentioned the rookie on the offensive line for the Seahawks. So I am worried about Grady Jarrett up the middle for the Falcons. And I feel like he's had some games where he's you know gotten after Russell Wilson from the middle of the defense there uh, on the outside Fowler. They, they acquired him from the Rams in the off season. He had a great season last year because he was pa paired with Aaron Donald. I don't know if he's going to have that similar production on the Falcons defensive line. So I, I'm not so much worried about this, this unit defensively for the Falcons. And so that's why I think Seattle really has the opportunity to, to put some points on the board in this game. And 
It could be slow going because of it being week one and generally Seattle teams come out slow anyway. So um, as much as I, I'm not worried about that Atlanta defense, it's uh, it's it's more of the, the Seahawks and their inability to, to start quickly that concerns me a little bit more. And then on the other end of this, too, you kind of talked about it earlier. You know, if we don't have that pass rush from the defensive line, that could create some serious problems. But at the same time, I feel like with the guys you do have, as you mentioned, throughout that secondary, I feel like they do have enough to be able to contain or try to anyway. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Hayden Hurst, and others. And the one guy that I didn't mention as part of that secondary is Marquise Blair, who they plan to use as their nickel defender. And a guy that we didn't get to see any of during preseason, but judging by the reports and, and hearing from the beat writers, they've said that Blair has, has, looked like, has, has really looked the part as that fifth defense, defensive back. And so I'm excited to see what we'll see from him offseason or in this first game because last season the Seahawks were one of those teams they didn't play a lot of nickel defense. And the reason why they didn't because it just they didn't have the personnel to do it. Jamar Taylor was not good. They they cut him by about the middle of the season last year. They never really had a guy to to fill in behind him other than rookies who they were hesitant to put out there. And I, it seems like Blair is going to be that guy. And we're going to see a lot of nickel defense against a team like the Atlanta Falcons who like to throw the the, the ball all over the field. Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast as we've been talking about the Seattle Seahawks as they get ready to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Come up next, we'll make our NFL picks for week number one next year on the Knock On Sports. We're talking NFL, and we are talking week number one of the season here with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, you won last year. You beat me in the NFL picks, and it wasn't even close. So I'm hoping <laughs> to close the gap on you this year here. Um, it's still 0-0, so I'll kind of defer to you. Do you want to pick the Texans and Kansas City Chiefs game right now? I, I'll go ahead and stick with Kansas City. That, that was my pick before we kicked this off, and I, I'm not changing it. All right, so I'm, I agree. I, I take the Chiefs uh, tonight as well. Uh, going to Sunday, the uh, Seattle Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. We'll start there. One o'clock kickoff in the East, so eleven o'clock here. Uh, who do you got? Oh yeah, you know you're, you know I'm picking the Seahawks on this. <laughs> Come on now. I was about to say I, I'm, I shouldn't be shocked. Uh, <laughs> you know, dumb question. Uh, I'm going to take Seattle as well against Atlanta, uh, plus the NFC South division rival. I, I like to see them start zero one. Um, yeah, so Jets, with, with this, are you not excited about Todd Gurley because Dirk Cutter's running the offense still in Atlanta? Is that is that your hesitation with him now? I mean, well, aside from that and the fact that I think he just had a couple of good seasons, I just don't know what's left in the tank for Todd Gurley um, at, at this point. So there's that, and I think Dirk Cutter's just going to throw the football. Yeah. Like, the run is the decoy to the pass, if you will. It, it seems to be his M.O. Uh, Jets at the Buffalo Bills here, Brandon. Uh, I'm taking the Bills. I have also got Buffalo in this. I think they're going to have a good season. I, I like Buffalo as a wild card team this year. I made that my, in my uh, predictions earlier today. I, I like Buffalo as a, not even a wild card. I like them as a division winner. That's right. Yeah, they're going to be duking it out with New England. I think that Buffalo defense is strong, and I'm that. That's one matchup with the Seahawks that I have circled on the calendar coming up that I, I think it's going to be a tough one for Seattle. So yeah, Buffalo over the Jets for sure. 
Uh, Chicago at Detroit. I'm going to go with Detroit on this one. This is a tough divisional matchup, but uh, you know the quarterback situation in Chicago has definitely has me leaning with the Lions. I'm going to take Detroit as well here. I like the Lions. Uh, again, I like the weapons that they have. I think Matt Stafford could be in for a really good year as long as he stays healthy. Uh, so I like Detroit here. Uh, Green Bay at Minnesota. I'm going to take Minnesota here. This this is going to be one of the more fun matchups of the week, I think. But uh, And Minnesota has some some health issues with Neil Hunter on IR here to start with. But they picked up uh, the, the pass rusher, Yannick Ngakwe from Jacksonville. I, I'm going to go with Minnesota here. I'm going to differ from you, even though this is going to make my Packers friends happy, and I try not to let them be happy as much as possible. Uh, I'm going to take Green Bay here. I, I think they get off to a good start. Uh, Minnesota always just seems to have an issue with Aaron Rodgers, and like you said, that defense is not what it used to be. When that defense is on point, it can frustrate Rodgers, but I'm going to take the Packers here. I think they get off to a good start 1-0. Um, all right, so then I've got the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. The de- debut of Cam Newton here, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start for uh, the Dolphins. Uh, who are you taking here, Brandon? I've got to go with Cam in New England. I, I think that that's going to be... I, I feel like we expected this to happen all offseason, and and here it is week one, New England with Cam, with and Cam. Seattle gets to see this uh, this matchup next week. Uh, New England's going to come into Seattle 1-0. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to go against against the grain here. I'm going to take another road team. I'm going to take Miami. I think Fitzmagic, starting the season, has started well. And I'm, yes, basing that off of when he played for Tampa a couple of years ago. I think uh, I think Miami's off to a good start. I think they get a win over the New England Patriots. Uh, Philadelphia at the Washington football team. Yes, I'm going to take Philly here. Despite their injuries, I do think that they'll have enough to be able to put up points on Washington. Ah, you know, this one's tough because I kind of could see Washington getting a surprise here just because, again, that just this anything could happen in week one. And I think we're going to see some shockers, uh, but I'm going to agree with you. I think Philadelphia, they have to get on the right foot, even though the injuries along the offensive line do concern me. Uh, but I am going to take Philadelphia here uh, to get the win over the Washington football team. Uh, the now Las Vegas Raiders, Brandon, at the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, well done. On week one, you nail the Las Vegas team. That's uh, that's impressive. I, I know I'm going to screw that up throughout the season. I, I still can't even get San Diego and Los Angeles uh, worked out. So I have Las Vegas in this one against Carolina, a new coach, and uh, coming from college for Carolina, John Gruden coming back. And I, I, I like Vegas to get the win here. I agree. I think Carolina is kind of in a rebuild here. Not exactly uh, thrilled with some of their defensive uh, prospects here. Uh, So I'm going to agree. I'm going to take Las Vegas to get the win here. And I am pretty high on the Raiders as well. I could definitely see them as a wild card team out of the AFC West. I think that AFC West is going to be a lot of fun to watch. A lot of people picking Denver uh, to be kind of that shocking team out of the West. But uh, I I would definitely lean more toward you with uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, well, I think that AFC West is just going to be really competitive. I think, you know, I really don't see a team that's like, okay, you know what? Yep, they're going to be at the bottom of their division. I mean, the Chargers could be really good. Depends on how good Tyrod Taylor is. Um, you know, like you just said, Denver could be an upstart. You know, Oak or Oak. See, I screwed it up, but I still have it in front of me. The Las Vegas Raiders. I, I think you can make a case for every one of those teams to finish second to Kansas City. Yeah, I'll take the blame on that. I put Oakland into your head. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I think this will be pretty easy, Brandon. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. 
going with the Colts. Uh, they could have a, a nice team with Philip Rivers, you know, as long as he can stay healthy throughout the season. And they have a good defense, a good offensive line to help get keep Rivers upright. So, yeah, definitely Indy on this one. I'm going to take Indy as well here. Just not, I mean, I'm rooting for Gardner Minshew at this point, oh, but sure. uh, I don't think uh, he's going to have enough help. Uh, so I'll take Indianapolis as well. Now we're getting to some of the exciting games here. Cleveland at Baltimore. I think this is one of the more underrated games this week. I think this is going to be really good. I think do- Cleveland does make a, a comeback and it becomes a very competitive football team. But I think Cleveland falls just short to the Ravens. Yeah, Baltimore is just the more complete team between the two. And with all the upgrades that they've made, I feel like they made upgrades on defense. Just getting Calais Campbell in the offseason is an upgrade. And uh, I like the Ravens. Then we got uh, the Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals, the debut of Joe Burrows. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers here. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers as well. The, The rookie quarterback in his first game up against a veteran like Taylor. It's a bummer that uh, the Chargers continue to have injuries on defense, especially Derwin, Derwin James, but uh, yeah, they'll get the win here against Cincy. And then uh, I, this will be easy for me, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. <laughs> easy for you. I, I'm picking New Orleans on this one, Anthony. <laughs> of course, you, you know, you're, you're, you're just going to disappoint me here, Brandon. <laughs> uh, you're going to pick the Saints here. I'm going to take Tampa Bay, and I want to go on an even further limb. New Orleans does not play well to start the season. Even at home. And granted, there's no, and usually the fan noise, that's always an added advantage for New Orleans. There is no crowd noise. I'm saying right now, here on a Thursday, Tampa Bay throttles New Orleans 35 to 7. Wow. See, the reason why I leaned New Orleans on this is just the continuity with the head coach and quarterback and offense. And so I, I just, I don't know really what to expect with uh, with Tampa Bay and and what they're going to do. I, I I like Tom Brady, but I just I, I'm leaning New Orleans because of that relationship between the coach and quarterback with the Saints. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm simply this is the fan inside me talking. So, yeah, Tampa Bay going for the win here. Um, Brandon, Arizona at San Francisco. Again, I think Arizona could be a another dark horse team for the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be tough. No question about it. Murray looked like he actually can be a, a really good quarterback in the NFL here. Who do you take Arizona, San Francisco? I would actually take San Francisco in a blowout in this game. I, I think that that's. Mm defense for Arizona. I, I I just don't think that they have enough defensively. Offensively, they have definitely improved. Offensive line could be a question. And against San Francisco with their defensive line, I, I think this could be a really tough start for the Cardinals. I'm going to agree. I think San Francisco does win, but I think it's close. I think it ends up being a 24-17 type of ball game. Uh, but I do agree. I'll take San Francisco with you. Sunday night football, Dallas at the LA Rams. Who do you like? This one I went back and forth on a lot, and maybe it's just the sports hatred for for either one of these teams. I ended up going with the Rams against Dallas, and again, this is one where I leaned toward the Rams because of the head coach quarterback continuity. Whereas Dallas, with the new head coach and Mike McCarthy, uh, that that's what had me kind of leaning more toward the Rams, and a lot of injuries too on the. Dallas offensive line. So Aaron Donald against that offensive line as as they've kind of uh, with what was it their center retiring? They had the, they have the injury to you know one of their top offensive linemen too. So I I, I kind of I'm leaning the Rams. I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to say Dallas even with those injuries. I think that they get off to a really good start. 
I think the Cowboys have a really good squad. I like all the weapons that they have defensively. I think they can stop uh, the Rams here. Again, it'll be interesting to see you know who takes the most snaps at running back for uh, the Rams because if the Rams are pass heavy in this game, I think it's only going to spell trouble for them. But I like Dallas here. And uh, so far, and we'll see if this trend continues with our final two games, Brandon. But when we split, you're the home team, and I'm taking the away teams in the four games that we've split so far. Oh, interesting. Well, I am going to take the uh, the away team for this first Monday night game with Pittsburgh against the Giants, and because uh, I can't pick the Giants, <laughs> I don't blame. It. I don't. I think Pittsburgh could be another, again another team that could be really good. I'm going to agree with you. I don't take the Giants uh, to beat the Steelers here, so I think Pittsburgh does get the win in the first Monday night matchup. I continue to ask the question to NFL schedulers. Why do you continue to schedule the New York giants after being so bad oh my for primetime football games? I'm going to keep beating that horse. I think you should, because people need to ask the question. And I, I mean, what are we going to do? Not tune in to a football game on Monday night. I guess that's what it comes down to. And with it being a, a prime market with New York, I, I think that that's just how they're going to do it. And we have to live with it, but we don't have to like it. I certainly don't. I certainly don't. Uh, Brandon, final game here, Tennessee at the Denver Broncos, the best Monday night football matchup of the two. <laughs> that that I'm not going to argue with. Now, whether or not our picks are the same is a different <laughs> story. I'm going with Denver because just historically on opening weekend at home, uh, you know, whether there's even if there's not fans there, I don't think it's going to matter. I think Denver just at home tends to play well in that climate in in the opening game and yes Tennessee added Clowney I think Tennessee has the better the better team overall I think they'll finish the season with a better record but I I just with Denver's ability to win at home week one I I can't go against that so I'm picking the Broncos I'm gonna agree with you Brandon I'm gonna take the Broncos as well I really do like the Broncos and all the weapons they've added I really am kind of a believer in Drew Locke uh, for Denver here so I like Denver here I like him over the Tennessee Titans. Again, we'll, we'll kind of have to see what Ryan Tannehill can do. Can he build upon what he did last season? Uh, is Derrick Henry going to be the force that we saw in the playoffs be during the regular season? Uh, so I, I just think uh, for me, Denver just looks like a better football team uh, across the board, even with losing uh, Von Miller. I, I like their defense a little bit more as well. Uh, so I'll take the Broncos here. And that's going to do it for us here with our picks uh, for week one of the NFL uh, again, uh, it's you know, some really good games, really exciting here. And Brandon, I'm going to let you finish this because I am kind of curious here. And obviously we didn't get a chance to talk about this with the, when we were talking about the Seahawks, but looking at the NFC West, you can make a case outside of, I would say what you got Seattle, San Francisco, the Rams, um, and Arizona here. I think it's gonna be a very competitive division, very tough division for you guys this year. I do think it's going to be tough for a lot of teams. I mean, just, the division as a whole, it's going to be very competitive. But as I wrote, we did a, a preview of the NFC West on field goals where a lot of the writers there, we all gave our expectations for how it would play out in the NFC West. And I really see this in two tiers of teams in terms of the competition. I see the Seahawks and the 49ers in that tier one based on the, the 49ers def defense that it's, it's so strong. And then you got the Seahawks offensively, very strong. It, it makes those the two top teams easily. And then there's there's big question marks that I have with the Cardinals and Rams that put them in kind of that tier two for me. And it's defensively for the Cardinals. And with the Rams, that offensive line, I, I just, 
I struggle to think that they're going to be able to protect Goff, be able to open up holes for whoever ends up running the ball, whether it's Cam Akers or uh, the the second year running back there. I I think that that's that's going to play out, and whether it's you know Seahawks one two with the 49ers or uh, or you know three four between the Rams and Cardinals that could uh, you know go back and forth. But I, I do think it's going to be those those two tiers uh, as far as we see their performance. Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to follow you guys, how can they do that? Yeah, check out our latest episode, seahawkerspodcast.com. And then uh, if you want to subscribe to Field Goals, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast. Had a great interview with Greg Bell as we uh, talked about some of the roster spots leading into week one. Greg Bell, good friend of the show as well. Uh, one of the best guys out there when it comes to covering NFL teams and does a great job uh, covering the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, pretty cool. We got to get him on here soon too. Uh, Brandon Schultz, really appreciate the time, my man. Always appreciate the insight and look forward to chatting with you next week as we get ready for week two. Can't wait. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Anthony.